Welcome to the Beacon broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com, beaconbaptist.com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. We are not quite done yet with our study of the background for the epistles of Paul to the Thessalonians because we are still studying the historical record of Paul's ministry in that city, found in Macedonia, the north part of what is today Greece, a Roman province at that time, and the largest city in Macedonia, and one Paul came to because he had to leave Philippi, 100 miles north of Thessalonica, because of the circumstances there that made it necessary for him to depart and find another place of ministry. And so, traveling 100 miles and passing by several other smaller cities, he came to the large city of Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue, apparently a fairly large one. And we are told that he reasoned with them and demonstrated from their own scriptures on three different Sabbath days that Jesus, who I preach unto you, is the Christ, because the scriptures tell us that he must suffer and die and be raised from the dead, and Jesus has done all those things. He suffered, he died, he rose again from the dead, and that is the proof that he is, in fact, the Messiah promised by God in the Old Testament scriptures. And Paul's message was believed by some of the Jews in the synagogue, many of the Greeks who were worshiping in the synagogue, who had already come to believe that Jehovah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is the one true and living God, and that the Old Testament scriptures are indeed the Word of God. But they were apparently more receptive to Paul's message, identifying Jesus as the Messiah, than were the Jews. Some Jews, but many devout Greeks, and we read also quite a, quite a large number of prominent women, wealthy women, high society women, influential women, who all became believers that Jesus is the Christ. And this rather large group of people joined Paul and Silas. That is, they, they went with them to start a church once they had finished their ministry in the synagogue, once they probably were no longer welcome in the synagogue, they went, they went, they took this large number of people out of the synagogue in order to start the church at Thessalonica. And so we pause and welcome you to this Tuesday, February 6th edition of the Beacon Broadcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for remembering our financial needs. Well, as so often happened, whenever Paul preached the gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit and people were saved, the Jews, who were not believers, who did not believe his message, opposed him strongly. 
We read in verse 5, well, let me uh, back up. Then Paul, as was his custom, went into them in the synagogue and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded. That is uh, some of the Greek, uh, some of the Jews rather. And a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. So you've got a pretty good group of people here. We don't know how many, but some Jews who now believed in Jesus, many Gentiles who now believed in Jesus, and quite a few prominent women who could have been Jews or Gentiles, both could have been some of each, joined Paul and Silas. But now we get to the opposition, verse 5. But the Jews who were not persuaded becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them. And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, There is another king, Jesus. It's interesting that we are told that the Jews who did not believe, and the ones who organized this strong opposition to Paul and to, to the new church that was being organized, did so because of envy. Their motive was envy. You would think their motive was their concern for false doctrine, what they considered to be false doctrine, being proclaimed and being a detriment to the people. And, of course, there is that, that element that from their standpoint, there were a lot of people who were listening to a message which they did not believe was true. And that would certainly have been, what would I say, a... Um, a an appropriate response from people who truly believe this, the same kind of response that we find of Paul himself before he was saved. Saul of Tarsus, as a Pharisee, convinced that Jesus was not the Christ, convinced that Jesus was a false teacher, convinced that the people who were believing in Jesus had followed false doctrine, and was had gave his life to the purpose of stamping out this new religion that he was convinced was a false religion and was a was presenting a messiah who was not the true jewish messiah and he went about that with tremendous energy but here we read that the biggest motive the most the most uh prominent motive, that people can have mixed motives in what they do, but the most prominent motive is envy. The Jews who were not persuaded becoming envious took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob set all the city in an uproar and so forth. Now, interestingly, this is not the first time we have read this. During the life of Christ, as the religious leaders were becoming more and more determined to stop him, we are told 
that they did this because of envy. They envied the crowds that were following Jesus. They envied the influence that Jesus had with the people, which up until that time was, well, what was it? It was pretty much their their ball game that nobody rivaled them in the esteem and honor that the Jewish people gave to religious leaders. But now here comes a a rabbi out of nowhere. He didn't grow up in their circles. He wasn't trained in their schools. And he's preaching and he's gathering bigger crowds than they have ever gathered. There are more people listening to him than listen to them. There are more people who are honoring him and esteeming him than there are who are honoring and esteeming them, and they couldn't stand it. In fact, we're even told that Pilate recognized when the Jews brought Jesus to him and demanded that he have him crucified. Pilate, we are told in the scriptures, knew that they had delivered Jesus to him out of envy. They're envious. They want to be the only game in town. They want to be the only ones that people look to for for teaching, for religious teaching, religious guidance. And here comes along this traveling Pharisee whose credentials are, are impeccable as a Pharisee, but he has accepted Jesus of Nazareth as the Messiah promised in the Old Testament scriptures and is preaching persuasively that Jesus is the promised Messiah. And many are believing, and I think this is a key here, I want to point out a very important phrase, an important word here in verse 5. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men out of the marketplace. Now, just keep that in mind because we're going to move on. And so there's Jewish opposition because of envy, and they're insisting that the civil government join them in in, uh, prosecuting Paul and Barnabas and the Christians because, as as they did so many times in so many cities, they bring the false charge that they were preaching another king in the place of Caesar, as if they were saying that Jesus is here to replace Caesar, which, of course, is not true. Because Jesus said very plainly that his kingdom is not of this world. He was not a rival to Caesar. He was not calling upon people to follow him as the political leader instead of Caesar. He was no threat to Rome. That was a false charge, but that was constantly used among the Gentiles because you couldn't come to Gentile authorities and say, you've got to stop these people because they believe that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, and we don't believe that he is. They would say, who cares? Who cares about your religious arguments? Who cares about your doctrinal disputes? Who cares about your theological differences? But if, in fact, Caesar is being threatened, if this is, in fact, 
treason against Caesar, if this is the beginning of an insurrection of a political movement against Caesar, now Rome is very interested in that. And so that's what they always did, and that's what they do here. Gathering a mob, sent the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And so they got the government involved. And we read in verse 8, And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Same pattern. Next city, go to the synagogue. Next city with the synagogue. The next closest city with the synagogue is where they go, and they go straight to the synagogue. But here's the point. In reading this account on the surface, you might get the impression that Paul and his team only ministered in Thessalonica for about three weeks. Three three Sabbath days they reasoned in the synagogues, and then a number believed and followed them. And then the opposition arose, and they were kicked out. But it's very hard to explain how these people that left the synagogue and followed Paul and Silas could be organized into a church with any doctrinal teaching and foundation if Paul and Silas got kicked out of the city immediately after these people left the synagogue. And I think, though it may sound like they were only there for three weeks because of the mention of the three Sabbaths, I think that phrase... But the Jews who were not persuaded becoming envious is the clue that there was a period of time here. Their envy grew gradually and slowly as the people who left the synagogue were meeting regularly, crowds were gathering, a church was forming. It took some time. And we'll take it up again tomorrow, Lord willing. Please join me then. Until then, good day. May God give you his eternal peace.